Hi everyone, this is Alicia here. Hope you are all having a lovely summer. We ended our first season of the Fair Talks podcast in the beginning of summer, and I'm excited to report that we've officially hit a new milestone of over a thousand downloads. We also have listeners in over 23 countries around the world. This is very exciting because we started this podcast wanting to use media for good. And I'm so grateful every time we get to share with more people these amazing businesses and organizations doing good work in the world. So thank you so much for tuning in. And I hope you've been able to learn and gain valuable insight and understanding from our interviews on how we can be better consumers and use business for good. As we gear up for our second season launching this fall, which is just a few weeks away, my team wanted me to create a bonus episode for you talking about me and my work in Haiti. So this is not our normal interview format. It's just me, I guess, interviewing myself. <laughs> this is actually the perfect timing because I just came back from my 34th trip to Haiti this summer. It's been over a year since I was able to go back because of different circumstances which is just too long. I usually get to go a few times a year to visit the village I've supported called Fondus, and then the artisan partners I get to work with there. And I actually have some very exciting updates to share. But before I get to that, I'll give some backdrop, some context for those of you who don't know about my journey. I grew up in Hong Kong, and after my dad passed away, I moved to San Francisco when I was eight away from my entire family and everything I've ever known. And I was taken in by guardians, a new family, that raised me as their own, and soon it became my second home. My mom was determined for me to receive an education in America. As a little girl, we would rehearse the moment that I'd graduate. I would jump off the couch into her arms and say, I just graduated from an American university. And we did that again and again. <laughs> That became our shared dream. And boy, on that day that I actually graduated from UCLA, my mom was there and we cried. The moment was surreal in thinking about the long journey that got us here. Growing up, I saw my mom overcome so much adversity. She escaped the Cultural Revolution from China to Hong Kong, and with only 10 Hong Kong dollars, she built her life, her business, and eventually went back to China to build her own factories. She would create products and be the main supplier for the different brands in the European market. And I've witnessed her employ as many as 500 people. And through employment and her compassion, I've seen the workers build homes in their own villages, support their family, and even start their own businesses. My mom worked so hard and sacrificed so much so I could live in America. So I thought... The trajectory of my life was to land a job at a big corporation and start climbing the corporate ladder so I could make a lot of money. <laughs> but that was all about to change. I started traveling to Haiti, one of the poorest countries in the Western Hemisphere, when I was a student at UCLA. My first trip was in the summer of 2009. That's 13 years ago. Oh my goodness, that's crazy. I went on mission trips to volunteer at a village called Fondus, which is 50 miles west of Port-au-Prince, in a rural, unknown part of the country. I witnessed poverty firsthand. I mean, things that people in developed countries just can't comprehend unless you see it in person. 
Families living in makeshift shelters like tents made from tree branches and tarps, like the ones you use to cover the floor when you paint your house. Or roofs made out of woven banana leaves. And yes, it leaks when it rains, which in a tropical place like Haiti, it rains a lot. And everything inside gets completely wet all the time. Most people sleep on dirt floors, but if you're lucky, you will have a sheet to lay on or some clothes as cushion. And if you can afford a mattress, they put that down, but that will also get completely soaked when it rains. I once asked a family of nine who lived in one of those tents, what happens during the hurricane season every year? And they explained to me that their tent will collapse and the neighbors will come together to help put their tarp and sticks and makeshift home back up. The resilience of the Haitian people is incredible, to say the least. I remember visiting a sweet boy, one of the students we helped send to school, who was dying from HIV-AIDS, named Dickinson. It was during the day, sun was out, and we walked to his house up on a hill, and I went into his makeshift home. It was stuffy in there. He had no energy, just laying on a mattress. And I remember looking up, and seeing a big hole in the makeshift roof right on top of him, and thinking, at least he gets some light in. But that very night, the rain poured. Not a light rain, but a heavy tropical rain like it often does in Haiti. And my heart just sunk thinking about Dickinson that night, dying and getting rained on. And yes, unfortunately, he passed away weeks later. I remember meeting a homeless family that came into our village, a single mom with her six kids. The oldest child was 16 years old. His name is Willie. And he and all the other siblings had never been to school before. They were the sweetest kids, but couldn't read or recognize any numbers. I learned that it only costs around $100 to send someone to primary school where they learn to read and write. And I thought about how important it was for my mom that I got a great education in America. It just felt so unjust that this was their life simply because they were born in Haiti. I still get culture shock every time I fly back to America. I still shake my head in disbelief every time I see the view of the beautiful buildings in Miami from the airport window. A quick 90-minute flight from Port-au-Prince, Haiti to Miami and I enter into a whole new world of air conditioning, all-you-can-eat, and an abundance of waste. What I still can't get over is every time I use the bathroom at the Miami airport, the water at the sink where you wash your hands would just be so hot I could barely stand it. And I would think about the cold showers every day in Haiti and the majority of people who don't even have running water. Those are just some of the raw experiences I've had traveling to Haiti the past 13 years. And through these experiences as a student, it made me really dig deep into what I can do, how I can use my life and the opportunities that I was born with to make a lasting difference. I saw that poverty is the root of many evils. I learned that human trafficking, whether it's child labor or the sex trade, they prey on the most economically vulnerable. I learned that most of the orphans in Haiti actually have their parents. They just can't afford to keep their children, so they drop them off at orphanages. And the list goes on. So my question became, if so many global issues stem from poverty, then how can we alleviate poverty? And that's where I found that job creation, sustainable employment, is the key 
the solution to ending poverty, but not just any jobs, a fair paying job. So as a student, I started traveling to Haiti to find what is even available. What resources does this impoverished country have? And to my surprise, I found a lot of artisans already making beautiful things and even learned that Haiti has a long history of growing coffee. If we can just support them economically, grow these businesses and create more jobs, we can help bring economic stability to one family at a time, one community at a time, and hopefully one day see a whole nation come out of poverty. Yes, I know I am dreaming big. But I can see it. If only we can just get more people involved. Six months after I graduated, I launched a social enterprise with a mission to end poverty through job creation, education, and empowerment. I created an online store filled with Haitian products and would travel to do pop-ups and host Haiti expos across America and even throughout Europe to share the beauty of Haiti with the world. And I started a scholarship program to send children like Willie and Dickinson to school. And I wanted to be the bridge for these artisans to reach the global marketplace. And I wanted to be a voice for these children and these families who may feel like they have no voice and no one fighting for them. Now, nine years later, I'm even more passionate and confident that job creation and education is the key. And through my journey... It's amazing how people and opportunities will come into your life when you find your path, your calling, your passion. I was so honored when the founder of Fairtrade LA, Joan Harper, asked me to consider being the next executive director. This was in 2018. And I saw this as an opportunity to advocate for social enterprises, other businesses like mine, and artisans all around the world. What I love most is that we get to empower, like literally put power into the consumer's hands to make a difference in people's lives through their purchases. It's so simple. And now we can find fair trade products in most grocery stores in Los Angeles. And in 2020, LA City Council unanimously passed the fair trade resolution to make Los Angeles the largest fair trade city in North America. And we have even bigger projects we're working on now that I can't quite share yet, but hopefully soon, very soon. And of course, I'm very excited about this growing podcast platform where we get to share the amazing work of many organizations who are making an impact in the world and hopefully change the way we do aid and think about business going forward. Now, let me share some very exciting updates with you about my work personally in Haiti. You are literally the first to know. As I'm recording this, I haven't publicly announced any of this. If you can't tell already, I'm passionate about using this working model of fair trade and job creation to help more people and more communities in need. So this fall 2022, I am rebranding my social enterprise and it will be called Impactful Market, where everything you buy makes an impact in the world. We are expanding as well. Besides selling Haitian products, we are using the same working model to bring you refugee-made products from other countries like Lebanon, Jordan, Syria, where there is a huge global displacement crisis. Our purchases will be able to help refugees rebuild their livelihoods. So be on the lookout for that this fall at impactfulmarket.co. That's impactfulmarket.co. 
I'm also excited to share that after nine years of running our scholarship program, where we've given away over 345 scholarships and have raised up teachers, nurses, and even a principal, we are now going to build a school in Fondue's. I can't believe I'm saying that right now, <laughs> but we are building a school from the ground up. When I was in Haiti just days ago, I was able to meet with one of our very talented university graduates. His name is Daniel George. He was actually one of the first university students I sponsored because I knew he had great potential. He always had big dreams for Haiti, and now he just finished school to be a lawyer as well. He is a highly sought-after educator, like all the schools in Haiti want to hire him. And we share the same passion in wanting to create a school, a quality school that provides quality education to raise up future leaders for the country. Haiti lacks quality education. Like most schools don't even have qualified teachers. So even though students may be in school, they can't even pass the government exams to go to the next grade. So we are going to change that. At the end of our meeting, Daniel said to me, I'm one of the first fruits of your vision for Haiti. And now we need to create more Daniels in Haiti. And I'm just so proud of the leader he is today and so many others that we help raise up through the scholarship program. So I officially have a principal for this new school. <laughs> there is much work ahead, but it just felt like the right time. This moment was nine years in the making. Who would have thought that nine years ago when I met with him and said yes to supporting his dream of going to school to be a teacher, that he would run with that opportunity and nine years later would become a principal of a school that we will build together in Haiti. That's just a few of amazing life-changing stories I have from Haiti. And so this summer, I've also started a nonprofit called Impactful Missions. You see what I did there? Impactful missions and impactful market. Truly, I just want to be impactful while I'm here on this earth. The short time that I'm here, that is my heart. So if you want to learn more, stay tuned with our progress, or want to be involved, you can visit impactfulmissions.org. There, you can also select a student to sponsor. As you can tell from Daniel's story, don't ever underestimate who you invest in. They can turn out to be a great leader of a country. A new school year is about to start, and I still have scholarship applications coming in from parents who desperately need help. So I will be adding more students to our site for weeks to come. And as you know, we always end every episode with one simple action step our listeners can take to make this world a better place. So today, the action step that I want to encourage you guys to take is to sponsor a student in Haiti. For only $10 a month, you can send an elementary student to school, $20 a month a middle schooler, and $30 a month a high schooler. And when you become a sponsor, you truly change the course of a student's life. They can actually go to school consistently instead of having to skip out year to year based on whether their parents can afford it or not. So you are actually giving a student an opportunity of a lifetime to break the cycle of poverty. I hope that you will join me in living an impactful life wherever you are tuning in from. 
And that is it from me. Um, thank you so much for listening. As always, I will put these links that I mentioned in our show notes at fairtraila.org slash podcast. We can't wait to bring you more interviews from amazing world changers this fall. The lineup is incredible. You won't want to miss it. And I guess I will end with my favorite quote from Mother Teresa. I alone cannot change the world, but I can cast a stone across the water to create many ripples. I hope this bonus episode has inspired you to find new ways to use your life to make an impact. Bye for now. I want to thank the creative team behind the Fair Talks podcast, our executive producer, Juliette Bucquerel, our editor, Caden Sullivan, our marketing team, Jasmine French, Elena Alcero, and Lizzie Case. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Fair Talks podcast. Thank you for being a part of our community and sharing the fair trade message. Thank you again to our sponsor, Fair Trade USA, for making this possible. Now, are you ready to create change? The next time you're out shopping, just pick up one fair trade item to buy, like coffee, chocolate, or bananas, and make a difference. Ask your office, church, business, school, or your family to shop more fair. If you have any questions or want to learn more, head over to fairtradela.org podcast for show notes, discount codes, and additional resources. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode. And follow us on social media at FairTradeLA to join our amazing community of fair trade lovers. Tune in to our next Fair Talks conversation to hear more life-changing stories. Thanks for listening.